Hello everyone, welcome to Lazada Sustainability Academy. Through this program, we hope to share with you the necessary knowledge to future-proof and transform your business's sustainability. I'm your host, Casey, from Lazada. Practicing sustainability is driven by the growing recognition of the urgent need to address environmental challenges. Beyond that, businesses can also reap additional benefits by adopting sustainability in today's competitive landscape. Let's hear it from Charmaine, Sustainability Lead at National University of Singapore, Centre for Governance and Sustainability. Charmaine leads projects and research on climate change, biodiversity and other sustainability topics of concern in Asia-Pacific. She has expertise in sustainability assessment and benchmarking of over 700 public listed companies in ASEAN and Asia-Pacific. Charmaine, very glad to have you with us. Same here, Casey. Hello. So, what drives the sustainability movement for businesses in Southeast Asia? So, governments through regulations are putting pressure on business to adopt more sustainable practices. Increasingly, we see Southeast Asian governments introducing regulations to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, uh, drive sustainability reporting, and uh, promote sustainable practices. So, for example, in Singapore, we have the carbon tax at uh, $5 per tonne of CO2 emissions, and this is in view that it will reach uh, $50 to $80 by 2030. There, this has direct implication on the bottom line of the business. And we see more countries also entering the race towards achieving net zero emissions by 2050. Um, within Southeast Asia alone, uh, we see governments from Malaysia, Philippines, Singapore and Vietnam uh, declaring their commitments. Uh, consumers are also becoming more aware of the environmental and social impacts of businesses. Um, the sustainability movement has uh, created a market for businesses that are able to offer sustainable products and services. There's also growing demand from investors to uh, putting pressure on businesses to adopt more sustainable practices. Um, investors today are interested in understanding what are the sustainability and climate risks confronting the business and how does that translate to the financial impact on the bottom line. And more importantly, what are the strategies in place to mitigate this um, risk? There are indeed lots of momentum building across Southeast Asia. What financial benefits can SME expect from investing in sustainable practices and what are the potential risks if they overlook sustainability? Many SMEs have seen a reduction in operating costs uh, from the adoption of green fixtures. Um, sustainable practices also build greater resilience, um, can help SME reduce their risk exposure. So for example, by minimizing their environmental impact, um, SMEs can reduce their liability uh, for environmental fines and penalties. Investing in uh, sustainability practices also opens new market opportunities for SMEs. Um, for example, companies with practices or products certified as sustainable uh, might be able to secure green financing, um, access new markets, uh, or such as um, government contracts or contracts with large multinational corporations. Um, on the flip side, um, there is uh, a risk of increased cost, um, loss of opportunities, and uh, losing of market share when a company chooses to sideline sustainability. How about the non-financial benefits and risk? So investing in sustainability definitely reaps um, good community relations, um, enhanced brand reputation, 
um, better employee morale. And in some companies, they've noticed you know, increased productivity and innovation. Um, in terms of the non-financial risk, um, businesses could face uh, social opposition and they could be at risk of uh, tarnishing their brand reputation if they choose to ignore sustainability. How can SME effectively integrate sustainability into their operations? Um, I recommend um, SMEs to consider taking up the Kopi approach. So Kopi is spelled with a double P, so that's um, K-O-P-P-I. Um, it's a Singaporean term referring to coffee. So the first K stands for um, KPI. So establish your sustainability KPI. Um, understand what are the material issues to your business. Um, material issues meaning what are the top priority issues to each of your stakeholder group. And uh, once you've understood your material issues, um, start establishing goals that are SMART. So SMART stands for um, S for specific, and then measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. So these SMART goals should target each of your material topic. Um, accountability matters as well. Um, work towards uh, sustainability KPIs that are linked to your executive remuneration. So next one, O. O stands for opportunities. So look out for opportunities um, that could involve making changes to your operations, your products, your services, or your value chain. So for example, are there opportunities to track and reduce your emissions or um, opportunities to opt for green appliances or to develop your own green supplier sourcing guidelines? So next, we move on to the first P, uh, which stands for plan. So develop your own implementation plan. Um, this should include a timeline, a budget, um, a list of resources and assigning of responsibilities. Um, it's important to get everyone in your organization on board your sustainability goals. And this means having to educate, to train and to empower your employees and customers and also to work closely with your sustainable suppliers. The second P stands for progress. Measure your progress towards your sustainability goals. So aim as much as you can aim to quantify them. Um, this will help you track your success and adjust your strategies where needed. Um, be transparent also about your sustainability progress. This means to communicate your goals and um, your progress and your challenges to your stakeholders. And finally, um, I stands for continuously improve. So sustainability is a marathon, right? It's, it's not a sprint. So continue to improve your sustainability efforts as new innovations and technologies become available. So we understand that sometimes a mindset shift is necessary. How can businesses get buy-in from internal stakeholders to enable this change? Um, I'll say start small and make incremental changes. Um, it's often easier to get buy-in for small incremental changes than for large sweeping ones. Right? And um, once you've made some progress, and you, then you can start planning for bigger changes. Um, it's good to also focus on the benefits that matter to the stakeholders. So different stakeholders are motivated by different things. So try, try and focus on what's in it for each stakeholder group. Um, it's uh, important also to be transparent about your challenges. Um, challenges are inevitable in the sustainability journey. Right? And um, investors today are attracted to businesses that are actually honest about the challenges they face. And more importantly, how do they plan to overcome these challenges? Uh, it's good to be flexible and willing to adapt as well. Um, as we learn more about sustainability, we may need to adapt our plans and 
be willing to be flexible and to make changes as required. That is really good advice to influence key stakeholders. Coming to my last question, what are the top three emerging sustainability trends in the digital commerce space for SMEs? And how can businesses capitalize on these trends to strengthen their business case? Um, I think the first trend I see is around uh, sustainable sourcing. So having transparency. Uh, consumers are increasingly concerned about ethical sourcing. Um, they want to know how the product is made, where it comes from, and, and how are environmental and social impacts managed. So SMEs can actually capitalize on this trend uh, by working with sustainable suppliers and choosing sustainable materials. Um, this also reduces the risk of supply chain disruption and uh, protects the brand's reputation. The second emerging trend I see is around emissions reduction, so um, dealing with carbon offsets. Um, carbon offsetting involves uh, investing in projects that reduce or remove greenhouse gas from the atmosphere. Carbon is emitted throughout your business operations, uh, be it in shipping or packaging, and the list goes on. SMEs can capitalize on this trend by, by offering customers the option to offset their purchases. Um, but you could work with uh, carbon offsetting providers um, to offset the emissions from your own operations. And of course, this is bearing in mind the um, carbon management hierarchy. So when we talk about carbon management hierarchy, the focus of offset is always uh, the very last uh, move. Um, in fact, it should be in the hierarchy of uh, first avoiding, avoiding carbon intensive activities and uh, rethinking your business strategy, um, followed by um, reduce, uh, which is um, trying to do whatever you can to be more efficient in your energy use. Um, Subsequently, then we should be looking at replacing um, high carbon energy sources with low carbon energy ones. And um, the final step would then be um, offsetting those emissions that cannot be eliminated by the above. Okay. Um, so finally, another emerging trend um, I've noticed is around circular economy um, that focuses on reducing waste by extending the lifespan of products through reuse, repair and recycling. Consumers are on the lookout for products that are designed for durability. And, and we know that you know, having products that are repairable means cost savings to us as consumers. So therefore, SMEs can capitalize on the circular economy trend uh, by designing products with um, easy repairability and recyclability in mind. Um, SMEs can also work with local partners to take back um, programs for old products or packaging to demonstrate their commitment towards uh, circularity. And finally, remember to communicate um, your circular efforts. Thank you, Charmaine, for the great sharing. To our valued audience, we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Please remember to stay tuned for the upcoming episode of Lazada Sustainability Academy. Goodbye.